Hey, Daryl Spicer. What's going on, Gary Rayburn? Oh, man, are we going to have a good program today? Hey, man, we're going to get up on top of Monterey Mountain, stop up there at Cookville, Tennessee, exit 286. We're going to give Greg Dotson a call at Camp Meeting Radio and say, we're just down the street. Let's don't call him. Let's just sneak in there and blow that air horn as we pull up. It might wake him up, brother. It's in the <laughs> middle of the day. He might be taking a nap. Well, he might be, but I think I think if we get old Greg started uh, talking about them old truck driving stories, we can have the diesel smoke a-blowing. Yeah, it'll blow all right. <laughs> but man, he's got some great listeners. So let's go in there and steal some of them, put them up in the cab of the truck, take off out of Cookville, Tennessee, westbound and see if his listeners are going to think about us going off Mallory Mountain with no break. Come join us, listeners, right now. Get in the cab with us, and we're going to go for a ride. Get in, hang on, and shh, be quiet. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day that I die I said hey Friends, that's the road is my life, and man, I tell you, we've got a powerful message for you today from Dr. David Gibbs, and what a powerful message we have for you. But we got some great music we want to play for you today, too, by our good friend, 
Dennis and Leslie McKay, the McKay Project, and that's who sang that The Road Is My Life. Dennis and Leslie McKay helped us produce that song just for you, the drivers out there on that old lonesome road. And if you want some of their music, go to the McKay Project. The McKay Project, they don't have a website. Their website is in destruction, is the way Dennis puts it. <laughs> but they are Facebook people, man. Yeah. I tell you, just go to Facebook. They have everything that you need on Facebook. You'll find them, and you'll find their calendar, their information, how to order their CDs. As a matter of fact, I will give you Dennis and Leslie's phone number. It is 662 889 2829, you can call them and order some of their great music, and you'll be hearing songs like... Royalty. Royalty. Yeah, that's an awesome song Dennis wrote. Uh, He's an awesome songwriter. Dennis was an old truck driver. That's right. So, you know, he's got the heart of a driver just as well, so that's why we kind of involved with him. Yeah, he's he's a great guy, and, and we'll just go ahead and put that song on for you right now called... Royalty. There you go. Royal blood flows through me My father is He is a king of kings So just remember friend When you look at me There's more than I can see Cause I am royalty I ain't never been much On wealth and fame and I don't care who knows my name And I know when you look at me there ain't much to see Are oh, you gonna be surprised when you realize that I'm royalty? I am royalty, royal blood flows through me My father is, he is a king of kings So just remember, friend, when you look at me, there's more than I can see, cause I am royalty. Grand, ah, my name's not known all across the land. But one day the King of Kings, oh, he spoke peace to me, and that makes me royalty. Whoa, whoa, I am royalty. Royal blood flows through me. My father is he. The King of Kings So just remember friend When you look at me There's more than I can see Cause I am royalty So just remember friend When you look at me There's more than I can see 
friends, I know you enjoyed that. And we're going to play another song for you by the McKay Project. And this is a great song, uh, one of my favorites. From a bar stool to a church. Pool. How did you know, Daryl? I just know because that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a great song, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Written by Dennis McKay. This is written by Dennis. He's got a great testimony about how this song uh, was written. It's on a lot of our CDs. Uh, if you want to hear the story, I'll tell you what. Give me a call at 618-383-2107. I will send you some of our free CDs to help you out on the road and share some testimonies from Dennis McKay and Leslie McKay. They've got a great testimony. Amen. Today we're featuring their music, not their testimony. So you got to order this CD from us and it's free. So don't cost you nothing. We say the word awesome a lot. Awesome is awesome. Because we hang out with some awesome people. Hey, Daryl, I've got a new word. Yeah. It's awesomer. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's awesomer than the last one. But we hang out with some awesome people, and that's why we just say that and use that, or great, because God is good and wonderful. He is. And today, we're going to find out about the answer to prayers. Yeah. You know, we all want everything yesterday, and we're not very patient when it comes to prayer. But you know, God's got three answers to prayer, yes, no, and wait. And we, we're not doctors, but we need to have patience. But today, <laughs> there's some great stories about answer to prayer. You know, the Word says that signs and wonders will follow you. And what that says to me is, I'm not out there looking for signs and wonders. I'm looking for them to already have happened because I've prayed for somebody. I've prayed for a healing, or I prayed for someone to give their heart to the Lord, or, or I prayed for finance, or whatever. When that happens, the signs and wonders will follow you. And in the years that I've been serving God, it's amazing. Mm. It's amazing what God has done. We could make... <clears throat> 24-hour CD just on the wonders of what God has done in our lives. We could probably write a book. That's what we're thinking about, but neither <laughs> one of us can write. So if you know how to write, get a hold of us. Yeah. But today, David Gibbs, it's going to be an awesome story. It is. David Gibbs. And here is the McKay Project with From a Bar Stool to a Church View. Every Friday night we'd find him Right up to closing time And sitting on a bar stool Beneath the neon sign Yeah, he'd be pouring whiskey down Sorrows try to drown But he came a long way From a bar stool to a church pew Thought I'd never see the day He'd be the first one up on Sunday morning And the first to kneel and pray Yeah, he came a long, long way From a bar stool to a church pew
Every Sunday night you can find him Yeah, he's always right on time Yeah, he's sitting on a church pew With his hands raised up high And when he shouts amen Can't believe that's really him. He came a long way from a bar stool to a church pew. I thought I'd never see the day. He'd be the first one up on Sunday morning. And the first to kneel and pray. He came a long hope you enjoyed that because that was a true story and right now we'd like to, for you to hear our friend David Gibbs James chapter 4 boy it's such a simple statement you have not because you ask not now, have you ever asked yourself why do we have to ask by the way asking is how you got saved never you know whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and God says, I want you to ask. And the word ask used there in the Bible was not the word for asking in general. It was the word for asking with great specificity. God says, I want you to get specific. What do you want my power for? Why wouldn't we ask? Now, you're not limited to one ask. The Bible doesn't say every child of God gets one ask, choose carefully. It's not what it says. Why wouldn't you have a list? My wife and I have a list for our kids. We're asking God for great things, impossible things. Why wouldn't you have a list for your marriage, a list for your country, a list for this church, a list for your life? But you have not because you ask not a preacher called me one day and he said brother Gibbs I'm in a lot of trouble he was up in New England I said what's the problem he said well they've passed a law to stop me from handing out gospel tracts I said preacher we're running into those laws everywhere we're winning every one of our cases we get them overturned but I said don't take it personal this law is not against you personally he said oh no 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 he said this law is against me I said, what makes you think that? He said, when they passed it, they said my name and pointed at me and said, this is to stop him. He said, it's a little hard not to take it personal when they do that. 
I said, let me call the attorney general. I called their attorney general. And I said, this preacher thinks that you passed a law just to stop him. He said, we did. He said, Mr. Gibbs, I know you'll get this overturned. But he said, I'm telling you, this preacher is like Superman. I said, Superman? He said, yeah. He said, do you know how many tracks he hands out every day? I said, no. He said, like 400. He's like Superman. He said, up here, he said, we were all happy. He said, we thought if you joined a church, you went to heaven. He said, this guy has come and turned the place upside down. He says, you got, he said, join his church. It won't take you to heaven. He says, you got to get saved. And he said, let me tell you, he's handed me a dozen tracks personally. And I said, wow. He said, now, he, he's, got, he's got two of the ministers in town saved. He said, the guy is a dynamo. He said, I'm telling you, he's Superman. He said, now you'll come up here and you'll get this thing overturned, but we're just trying to slow him down. I thought, what a statement. Would anybody have to pass a law to slow you down for Christ? I said, man, I'll be up there. We get this overturned. Well, I met, went to the airport, arrived up there, and the church sent a guy to pick me up. What they were thinking, bless their heart, I don't know. I've had all kinds of people come to meet me at airports. This dear brother, they sent a guy who was all crippled up. This dear guy is hunched over so bad and his hands are gnarled that he's walking like sideways like that. And I thought, bless their heart, what were they thinking? And we're walking to get my bags and I said, now take your time. He said, oh yeah, he said, I, I can't walk too fast, but he said, you, you just go ahead, I'll, I'll catch up. I said, no, no, I'll stay with you. And I said, don't you worry about the bags. He said, oh, I can't lift your bags. And I said, you know, did some associate send you or something? Because I thought, preacher, going to kill that associate. <laughs> what was he thinking? And I'm wondering, how does this guy drive? He said, no, no associate. I said, the pastor sent you? He said, no. And he looked at me and he said, Brother Gibbs, I am the pastor. I said, you're Superman? <laughs> Standing there, waiting on my bags, he changed my life. He said, Brother Gibbs, you can tell I'm extremely damaged goods. He said, my whole life, nobody wanted me on their team. Why would you want me? But he said, when God saved me, he put me on the team. And he gives me power. He said, the only difference between you and me is I ask. He said, I can't button my shirt. But he said, I ask God for the power to hand out these tracks. What would you ask God for? What? You got to get clean. Boy, that's number one. You got to get a passion for the Savior. That's number two. And number three, you got to ask. 
ask. When we get to heaven and see what could have been if we'd have just asked, why wouldn't we ask? Write number four down and I'm done. God wants you to get something God's size. God's size. Now, God's size is not a word in the Bible. That's a Brother Gibbs word. I just like the word. The word the Bible uses is impossible. Impossible. You know what God says? It's only impossible with man, not with God. And God wants you asking for God size things. The Bible says tonight the Spirit of God is going to and fro through the whole earth looking for who he can show himself strong through. Why wouldn't we ask God for God size things? God size. Have you ever gone in a McDonald's, a Wendy's, a Burger King, it doesn't matter. You put your order in. Then they always ask you the stupidest question known to man. They always look at you and they say, do you want to supersize it? And I always tell them, what a stupid question. I didn't get like this from breathing too heavy. <laughs> of course I want to supersize it. You got something bigger than supersize? I want that one. You want one takes two guys to carry? I want that one. You want one I got to pull the car up and you put it in the trunk? I want that one. I want the biggest thing you got. And then we come to God and we go, and ask for nothing big, let alone impossible. Why wouldn't we ask God for God-size things? For your kids, impossible things. But it's only impossible with man, it's not impossible with God. 1925, Alaska had the worst winter on record ever. Alaska never had in recorded history a winter before that was that bad, and interestingly, never one since. Now, if you've never been to Alaska in the wintertime, you only think what it means to be cold. Um, the last trial I did up there was in February the high for the day was 40 below. Uh, you walk outside immediately, all the mucus in your face freezes. It's like a million little needles go right up through and you say, man, there went my eyeballs, they'll never work again. Very cold. Well, instead of being 40 below, they're running temperatures of 60 plus below. Instead of the passes having 30 and 40 feet of snow, they have 80 feet of snow. And storm after storm is coming up the Bering Sea, getting incredibly cold and just immersing the state in snow and ice and plunging temperatures. All of that's only weather-wise interesting, except for what happened. In the city of Nome, Alaska, which sits 1,000 miles north of Anchorage. An outbreak of diphtheria cut loose. It was a deadly outbreak. An outbreak that was so virulent, so deadly, 
that when kids got it, it was 100% fatal. And when adults got it, it was 90% fatal. That is spreading through the town. Now, wonderfully, even for 1925, they have a vaccine that's reasonably effective. But Nome has run out of vaccine. A thousand miles away in Anchorage, they have an unlimited supply. But there's no way to get it to Nome. The telegraph wires are still up encased in the snow. And Nome is telegraphing to the world, we're dying. The train, which takes 10 days to get from Anchorage to Nome, can't go because the passes are all closed in. There's one airplane in the state, and the pilot says, in these temperatures, I can't fly. And so Nome telegraphs the world, pray for us, we're dying. The President of the United States called for a national day of prayer, as did the Queen of England. A city was dying and had no way to stop it. Some dog sled mushers, these are the guys who drive dog sleds, and a man by the name of Charlie McCoy, the most experienced musher in the state, they started talking on the wire. And Charlie McCoy said, I have an idea. He said, now you don't need to tell me it's impossible, I already know that. He said, you don't need to tell me this can't be done, I know that. But he said, people are praying. And he said, when people pray, God does things. He said, here's my idea. Could we load a sled in Anchorage full of the serum? And could one dog team try to take it 20 to 25 miles? Could we then hand it to another one? And could they go 20 to 25 miles? And he said, running in legs, could we try to get it there? And everybody said, are you dreaming? At these temperatures, the dogs will freeze in harness. He said, I know. You gotta climb two mountain ranges, one the tallest mountain range in all of North America. You gotta run along ledges that the drop off is seven, 8,000 feet. They said, we can. He said, people are praying. And what amazed me about this story is these mushers were not particularly spiritual men, but they believed one thing. They believed when people prayed, God could do the impossible. The president called on the nation to pray. The first sled left out. And in honor of what these men tried to do, because of their valor, their bravery, there is in Alaska a race that's run in honor of them to this day. It's called the Iditarod, where they try to retrace what these men did under controlled conditions. The first sled left, and immediately the weather worsened. And everybody said, boy, that'll be the end. Miraculously, in four and a half days and nights, these men moved the serum to within 67 and a half miles of Nome. Unbelievable what they did. Unbelievable. Charlie McCoy, 
is coming in. He's going to hand the serum off to his dearest friend, a man by the name of Gunnar Kaysen. When Charlie McCoy comes in, they're now 67 and a half miles away. He said, Gunnar, it's over. He said, the temperatures have plunged even lower. He said, I'm so froze, I can't move my hands. He said, the dogs that are still alive are running stiff-legged. He said, my other dogs are frozen harness. He said, the temperatures are falling. And he said, you got the worst run. You got the one over the worst mountain range. We did our best, but it's over. Gunnar Kaysen said, Charlie, it's not over. Help me. He said, they're still praying. And he said, but it's suicide to go. He said, they're praying, Charlie, help me. Charlie Olson did everything he could to get Gunnar Kaysen to not go. He said, if you go, I'll never see you again. You'll go off a ledge, we'll never find your remains. But Gunnar Kaysen was determined. Then Charlie Olson, in a last desperate plea, he said, Gunnar, your lead dog is injured. And you got an unproven dog at the point. The lead dog in a team is everything. He said, you got a little black husky up there whose name is Balto. And he said, Balto's gonna get you killed. You can't do this. Gunnar Kaysen said, Charlie, help me load my sled. He hugged his friend and he said, pray for me. And then Charlie Olson said, Gunnar Kaysen turned to the team and said the bravest words he ever heard. Hup. Hup. Belto, hup. Which was the word to start to lead out. He no sooner said those words and a blizzard, a blast of cold, icy air came in and immediately all the dogs instinctively started to curl in the snow to try to survive. He said that Gunnar Kaysen looked at his dogs and said, Balto, don't you watch the weather. Don't you look at the snow. Listen to me. And Balto stood up and started to pull. Charlie McCoy said, I only could see him for about 100 feet. And then he disappeared in the snow. But he said the wind kept bringing his voice back. Hup. 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 Charlie Olson went in the cabin and wrote in a journal, I'll never see him again, but he's the bravest man I've ever met. Miraculously, he made it to the next outpost. His sled overturned twice. He broke ribs on both sides. He was viciously cut. He was so froze, he had to lose his, use his hands to move his eyes up and down. But he made it to the next outpost. When he got there, to his dismay, there were no lights on. There were no dogs in harness. Somebody was asleep. 
He realized to get the dogs up would take two, three hours to get them fed, to get the harness warm, to get them ready, and the kids are dying. Now, wait a minute, Gunner, you've done your part. Because somebody else is asleep, that's not your fault. He said, yeah, but I got the serum, and the kids are dying. He made a decision. Hup. Hup. Gunnar Kaysen made it all the way into Nome. 67 and a half miles. When he got there, he was so froze he couldn't walk. He couldn't move. They recorded all that he kept saying was, good dogs. And isn't it something when people pray? Do you know what? It is something when people pray. Because prayer moves the hand of God. What he did got trumpeted around the world. The President of the United States brought him to Washington, D.C. and gave him the Congressional Medal of Honor, the first time a civilian was ever given that. He refused to take it, Pastor. He said, give it to my dogs. I was just along for the ride. Wow. They built in Central Park in New York a statue. By law, it is the only animal who can have a statue to himself. And if you go to Central Park, you'll find it. It's a statue of a black Huskies named Balto. You know what it says on it? When his master said, Hup, he went. The newspapers from around the world said, how did you find the bravery? I love what he said. He said, well, before Hupp will come out here, he said, you got to have Hupp in here. And he said, knowing that we're praying, I got Hupp in here. And then Hupp came out here. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everyone marveled at his bravery. And finally, in an interview with the New York Times, they said, is there anything else? He said, well, there was one other thing. They said, what? He said, my grandchildren were in Nome. And I had the serum. I had what they needed. We have what this world needs. We have it. What would it take for you to get clean? What would it take for you to get a passion for Jesus? And then ask? And then, my friend, go for something God-size. Filled with all might according to his glorious power. Bow your head in prayer. Father, what an honor that you love us, that you save us. But then the thought, Father, that you want us filled with all might according to your glorious power. God, tonight we want to get clean. 
And God, tonight, how dare we have a passion for anything more than we have a passion for Jesus. And God, tonight, we want to ask. And God, you command us. You want us to ask for things impossible because they're only impossible with man, never with you. Heads bowed, how many of you say, Brother Gibbs, I know the Lord, but boy, God sure spoke to my heart tonight. And I want God's power as never before. Hold your hand up right now, hold them high. If your hand's up in the air, I'd like you to get up out of your seat and come to this altar right now. The piano's gonna start to play. Don't you hesitate, don't delay. You come right now, it's time to ask. Brother Gibbs, I didn't raise my hand. I should have. You come too. You come too. Amen. God bless you. In a world that's so desperately, desperately needs to see the power of God and the life of a child of God for his honor, for his glory. Father, tonight we ask, I ask, what a privilege to claim the promise filled with all might according to your glorious God, we don't want to be a people who live without the power of God. Just doing the best man can do. That's not what you've called for. We're to be Christ-directed people. God, hear the cry of every heart here. God, tonight, let it start with us wanting to get clean. Let it start with us wanting nothing in us that lies between us and you. And Father, as we ask for our families, for our friends, for our own lives, for our nation, for this church, God, 25 years, but this church can do impossible things filled with all might by your glorious power. Hear the cry of every heart tonight, I pray in the name of Jesus. I ask it in his name. Amen. When you're done praying, you make your way back. The devil's going to whisper in a lot of ears. Nothing happened here tonight. All you did was get a little emotional. Don't you ever forget the devil's a liar. And his goal is to pick the seed that's in God's word out of your life as fast as he can. And here's what I want to encourage you. When you leave here tonight, don't let him pick it. The Bible says, take the truths of God's word down deep. Let it get a harvest in you. I've gone to an altar. Man, God did something good. But by the time we got home, it was already somewhat forgotten. 
And then by the time I got up the next morning, it was more forgotten. And by the next Wednesday night, it was almost totally forgotten. The devil picked the seed. Remember, you're no match for the devil, but the devil's utterly no match for God and his power. Sometime you're going to need God's power. I don't know for what. All I know is life has a way of bringing things and you need the power of God. You say, well, Brother Gibbs, my plate's pretty empty right now. That's wonderful. But it only takes one phone call to turn your world upside down. And all of a sudden, are we a people who have the power? There was in the state of Pennsylvania a massacre at an Amish school. It was on the news. You saw it. A crazed madman went in and killed those precious children. And they came to one of the fathers. And they said, Mr. Amish man, and I mean, that's what they said, Mr. Amish man, what are you going to do now? He just lost two daughters, the hand of a gunman. And he turned to that newsman and he said, I'm a very small man, but I have a very big God. And by his power, I'll do what's right. What a testimony. I'm a very small man, but I have a very big God. And by his power, I will do what is right. Don't you let the devil pick it filled with all might according to his glorious power. Turn to your neighbor right now and tell him, I'm done living like a grasshopper. I'm done. <laughs> Tell your neighbor right now, I'm done. Oh, you bet. Please remember as you leave tonight to sign up so we can send you our newsletter. I covet, I covet your prayers. Uh, we swim in the deep end of the pool with a lot of dangerous people who mean us and the church's harm. And we need your prayers. Your prayers can make a difference. I promise you. You know, those, those dog sled mushers, you probably know more Bible than they do, but they believed the part they knew. You know, that they believed if you prayed, God would do the impossible. And if you're sitting here tonight saying, well, I don't know if God will do the impossible, you're right. If you believe that, you're right, he won't. But if you take him at his word, and how many of you believe we can take him at his word? Amen. Then God says, I'll do it, I'll do it. Faith triggers the hand of God. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all. Just a closer walk
the most important question of your life. Are you saved? I'm not asking you if you're a good person or if you go to church. I'm asking, are you saved? If you died right now, would you go to heaven? If you was at the gates of heaven and St. Peter asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? What would the answer be? Do you know the answer? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Bible says the wages of sin is death, and death is the separation from God, and separation from God is an eternity in hell. That's bad news, but I've got some good news for you. The good news of the Bible is that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between Jews or Greeks, rich or poor, the same Lord over all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. Are you saved? If you're not sure, if you're not living for Jesus, pray this prayer with me right now. Oh God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe His shed blood, death, burial, and resurrection was just for me. I now receive Him as my Savior. Thank You, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. I receive this gift of salvation and everlasting life because of Your mercy and Your grace. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. It's okay to sing along. That's right. Sing along. <laughs> All right. Here's the McKay Project. I'm glad he's got this sleeper back here that I can stand up and do a little dancing.
Give us a call if you need to talk, especially if you've said that prayer and that you want to dedicate your life to the Lord and serve Him. Our number is 615-663-3199. And my phone number is 618-383-2107. And hey, we get calls from drivers every day. We can help you, drivers, if you want to give us a call. We'd, We'd really appreciate it. We do this because we love you guys out there. We used to be out there on the road with you, and now we just get to ride in the cab with you every once in a while. And them four-wheelers going up and down the road, too. (laughs) Be careful. It might be me or Gary out there in that left lane doing 22 miles an hour. That's right. (laughs) We appreciate you letting us ride with you today. So we're going to close today's program with my testimony in song, and this is Dennis McKay to sing it for you off of our Lonesome Road Volume 1 CD. Here's Dennis McKay at the foot of the tree. At the crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track had read his words still echoing in the back of my head I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past then I called his name this chance would it be my last 
Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Share the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be. And I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. But I called his name. This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, broken hearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.